0: Unpack the the things that you've given us in in your scriptures. I pray that you would help us to to glorify you. Help me to to share the gospel with these folks. To as we talk about Christmas, to to um, share how Christ came and He died for us and and uh, um, redeemed us so that we could know you, so we could be in in intimate relationship with you and close again. Um, I pray all these things in Christ's name. We pray. Amen. I uh, so. I, I asked Rebecca, and I actually I've asked all the worship leaders to come up with specials for, for our series so far. And um, I, I joked uh, with Rebecca that you know I thought this would be easy because, and I mentioned this last week, we Christmas music. Most Christmas music is deeply scriptural, and it's very much related to these original, you know, beginning of Luke and the beginning of um, Matthew and and Mark and and whatnot, like all of these great Christmas narratives and. And uh, last week, uh, Nathan showed me how much fun it would be by picking The Little Drummer Boy, which is a song about something that didn't happen. And uh, <laughs> now Rebecca picked a song that wasn't a Christmas song. Um, so apparently this is the running uh, trend. Uh, is my thing not right? Um, this is the running trend for the series is, is difficult songs. Uh, I don't know who's got next week, but um, I probably know where you live. Uh, just a heads up. Um, so... Uh, but honestly, as I thought about uh, what Rebecca said about the song and why she picked it, the thing I kept coming back to, and this is going to sound really worldly and really dumb, but as a little kid, I liked Christmas a lot more than I like Easter because, because I was a little kid and obvious reasons, right? Like you get presents and the food is better at Christmas. And, and honestly, we like Easter, I remember making a big deal out of it, but um, Easter candy isn't very good. I thank you, Mark. I I knew that would resonate with my target audience. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's just I I never really liked Easter candy, and so there was all this stuff that we did, and and at the end of the day, I didn't get to unwrap presents, and I didn't get you know. But as I as I've grown up, um, as I've come to this this point in my life, I I I've come to understand Easter is Easter is everything, um, and Christmas is wonderful because Christ came, but it's so easy to lose sight of. Um, The fact that Christ came to die for our sins and to to carry everything for us and 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 I mean it's just so much to take in and then you add in I I have to I haven't finished shopping for presents for my children you know (laughs) like and like there's all of this other junk that just makes me distracted from the fact that like I'm celebrating that God stepped into our world um, to save me and so uh, I appreciate what Rebecca picked. Um, I I appreciate this because we're going to be talking a little bit about um, about the fact that Jesus stepped out of eternity stepped out of heaven's throne room where he was surrounded by angels that sang his praises forever and ever and ever like for all of eternity um, to become a baby and we're going to be in Philippians which is not a standard Christmas passage um philippians is a book that was written by the apostle paul uh a little bit of background here paul wrote it while sitting in a prison cell in rome this is probably just a little before he had his head cut off um and uh he he is there he is in prison he gives some last instructions as a part of the letter but the whole book is about joy which is awesome like he is in prison Cold alone, I think he would have starved to death if it wasn 't for uh, Luke taking care of him from the outside, and Luke lost him for a while because he he went from being in house arrest to being in a jail cell. like This is a nasty, miserable place that Paul finds himself, and he wrote a letter about joy to the church in Philippi um, and, and so in this series so far, we, we did the little drummer boy we talked about um, you know we 've been talking about different songs i 'm not preaching songs we 're not preaching songs. We're using songs as illustrations to like scriptural truth, um, and and we we talked about Christ's birth and the humbleness of it, and the things that that like we can learn from this as you know God's people like the humility and and what we bring in worship and what we bring in our in our gifts to God like like our lives, um, and then the week before that I wasn't here but Jeremy Jeremy did his sermon, and so um, going forward, like like understand in all of this the point. Of Christmas is Easter like we're going through Christmas for the purpose of getting to Easter um, we are going through like the birth of Christ because Christ had to be born in order to die and so as we go forward like understand this is the mindset of this sermon we are going to be talking about um, about the larger process of Christ coming and fulfilling his mission um, and and understand like as we do this um, Jesus came for the lost he came for the broken he came for sinners he came from people who who were his enemies. Um, I, I love that that song in particular, like, because it's stuck in my head as I was listening to Rebecca singing it. I couldn't make it through it when Mark Lowry was singing it. I, and so I had to read the lyrics. Um, but, like, the Amazing Grace part at the end, because Amazing Grace, like, is a perfect example of what Christ came for. It was written by a fella who was the captain of a slave ship, like, after he found Christ. And so he was—he was a man who sold and bought human beings for a living, um, and and he, like, found Christ and repented and spent the rest of his life and all of his money buying people out of slavery and freeing them to like like make amends for what he had done. Um, Christ came for the worst people in the world. He came for for you know people who who abuse and. And, some, you know, like, take advantage of and, and um, you know, for wicked, sinful people, for people who, who honestly are like you and me. And I know none of you have traded slaves, but, like, we're all sinners and we're all broken. And, like, none of us can stand up and say, look how awesome I am. Christ came for you and me. And that is fantastic. And so as we dive into Philippians, um, understand, like, this is the mindset. Christ came for broken, wicked people. And we're blessed that he did it because that's that's us. Um, so we're going to start in Philippians chapter two, verses five to six. Uh, there's a lot of theologians and Bible scholars that believe that this is probably an early hymn, um, that this is probably a. Uh, uh, like one of the churches, they would gather and they would sing this, or it may have been a confession of faith. But Paul has been writing, and all of a sudden he breaks into this. And, and they're not sure exactly what's going on, but it seems like a different format of writing, and so he's probably quoting something that everybody would have known. Um, and so what he says, Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, this is a hard little phrase here because um, English doesn't have a very clean equivalent uh, in, in, uh, in like compared to the Greek. And so we've got to unpack it a little bit. So what Paul is saying is, listen, when you deal with each other, deal with each other with a mindset, like with an entire worldview that is like Christ. So I look, at, um, I look at the people around me, and my attitude is supposed to reflect that of Christ. I look at people who have offended and have treated me wrong, and I look at them as Christ looked at people who offended and treated him wrong. Like, I, I, I look at people, I don't say, oh, well, I'm better than you. I look at them and say, you know, I, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to take a low spot because I am like, like Christ. And so this mindset, which is Christ, um, and he says, listen, he was the form of God, meaning he was God, right? Right? And, like, by form of God, like, there's sort of a little bit of Greekness happening here. In Greek philosophy, the idea here would be he was the perfect example of what God is, that form of God. What he's saying is, like, Christ was the perfect, like, like exactly, he was God. Now, this may lose a little bit of weight in our culture because um, you, you don't, you know, if you say God's name in a way that people find offensive, nobody drags you out and murders you. Um, You know, but like in the ancient world, like you say, Jesus was in the form of God. Like, this is a big statement. Um, He is literally saying, Jesus is like him by whom all things are created. Jesus is on the level with him who has always existed. Jesus is, literally is God. So he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, this equality with God, a thing to be grasped, the word grasped carries the weight of like grabbed a hold of and taken for yourself, right? If you want to see a great example of this, put one Christmas cookie out in front of a group of children. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Your age. <laughs> so Josh, if, if on Monday I put one frosted Christmas cookie overflowing with chocolate chips And bits of candy, just one in front of you and Abby and Titus. The one who's going to eat it is the one who grabs it fastest. Am I right? Yeah, or pushes them out of the way. And you're bigger than my kids, so but I'm bigger than you, and (laughs) and I like cookies, and so I'm going to. But like everybody's going to grab at the cookie because I want it. You know, it is mine. I need to grasp it and pull it in. That is the idea here. Jesus didn't look at being equal with God as something that he needed to grab a hold of and and fight for or hold tight or else somebody's going to take it away. Equality with God was it. I mean, like, it is what he was. Um, This would be the equivalent of, like, I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world, and I don't feel like I need to fight anybody else to be married with her. Right? Right? But if you step in the arena, it's go time, right? Like it's, but like, like, I don't need to fight with anyone because she's my wife. I don't need to take this level. It is my level, right? Jesus is God. He does not have to attain godhood. He doesn't have to fight for it. He doesn't have to scrap for it. He doesn't have to covet after it. He doesn't have to, none of that. He just is God, um, the sun in his radiance, this is, I'm going to jump away a couple of times here because we're going to like back this up with some other text. This is Hebrews. Hebrews is a wonderful but incredibly difficult book. Um, the sun in his radiance of God's glory, in the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. This is actually a sentence fragment. It's a second half of a sentence. But what the, the writer of Hebrews, maybe Paul, maybe Luke, maybe someone else. Um, is saying here is that the sun, um, in the radiance of God's glory, is the exact representation of His being, meaning that like He literally totally is God. Okay, and understand this: this is the God that when He appeared on Mount, you know, on Mount Sinai, like if you approached the mountain and touched it inappropriately, you would just die. Like not just die, but like be evaporated. Right? This is the radiance of God that is so amazing. So amazing that like angels circle him constantly covering his face so that the other angels can't see his face and singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Like forever and ever and ever because God is so awesome and glorious and holy that it has to be said out loud over and over. Um, and so like, like the rite of Hebrews sort of emphasizes this. Not only is Jesus God, but he is God in this glorious and amazing and powerful way. Like he is God in a way that is recognized, obviously, by anyone who comes near him and sees him in his truest form. Uh, in Colossians, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been cre- created through him and for him. Um, this morning I had a very fortuitous conversation, a very like positive conversation because it gives me the opportunity to say this. I was standing in the kitchen drinking coffee, and one of our prodigal children uh, came walking into the kitchen and said, "Hey, who built that overhang outside?" And I said, "I did." And she laughed. Um, can I take credit for that? No. Really, nobody. <laughs> like two of you, I nobody believes I built it. You know why? Because I didn't. <laughs> And I probably couldn't, right? I'm maybe if I had enough time and, you know, Adam helping me or Jeff helping me, maybe. But I didn't build it. And, like, I can't even come close to building it. And if if I had built it, people would be saying, what happened to the building? You know? Um, I can't take credit for those things. But it is a wonderful and fun thing to take credit for stuff, isn't it? But this is where Jesus is at. Like, Jesus could and, and like, is deserving of but does not. Instead, he but... Emptying himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So Christ, all things are created through him. Angels sing his praises. The whole nine yards. I mean, he is like he is something else. Um, emptied himself, meaning he took all of that glory and he put it aside and he took on the form of a servant. Now, servant is often translated bond servant, right? And actually, the word there is slave. We don't like using slave because it's kind of an ugly word, right? Like it's an ugly word with a lot of cultural connotation. A slave in the ancient world was still not a very nice thing. Um, but Christ took on the form of a slave. And he was born in the likeness of men. Meaning that the God who created all things stepped from the highest of high into the lowest of low. And that's what we're celebrating, right? It's not presence, It's not Santa. It's not this. It's not that. We are celebrating that. God Himself, who hung the stars in the sky, like who sustains all things, and if He took His hand away, everything would fly apart and cease to exist. Like, who can command things to exist? I can say, you know, <laughs> Black Forest chocolate cake, and it didn't appear, right? I've tried it at home, and my wife never jumps too. I can't even make her make me a cake. I can't make like reality bend around my cake, Um, my cake needs. But like Christ who can do that, poured everything out and became a servant, um, became a slave. By the way, take note, husbands, right? Take note, husbands. I'm not saying anyone else. I'm saying husbands because um, we read in, in, in Galatians where husbands are commanded to take on like the place of Christ in relation to their families, right? And a lot of times men will interpret that as, I'm in charge. And in reality, the attitude of Christ is, pour yourself out and serve, right? Your job as a husband is to be like Christ and to serve the folks around you. By the way, your job as believers is to serve. It's not to be served. It's not to have people jump to according to your will. It's not to have people like like you know live according to your desires. It is to be a servant. Um, so Hebrews, we're going to... Unpack a little bit. This is again Hebrews 2.17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Mind that, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Um, I tell folks often, the, like, well, understand this. Christ became one of us so that he could live out and obey the law that we can't. right? How many of y'all let's just ask pets in right here, okay? It is about a month out of Christmas. How many of y'all are noticing all the wonderful things you sort of wish you had? It's you and me, buddy. <laughs> Everyone else here is perfect or lying right now. <laughs> right? Because Christmas is the time of year for coveting, right? And, like, the world helps us because catalogs show up to show us the things that we should be wanting. You know, like, like, covet, 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 desire, hunger after stuff. Like, this will make you happy. All of this, like, like, stuff. But in reality, um, you know, it, it can't. And, like, coveting after and desiring things that aren't ours, like, it's not okay. Like, it's this thing that we do that's kind of a sin. Like, and, and not kind of a sin, it just is a sin. Um, like, like, in all all day every day we find ways to rebel against god we find ways to not give him credit we find ways to not serve him the way we ought to or we serve people in ways that are selfish or whatever we hate our neighbor we we desire for things that don't belong after us belong to us we lust after things we don't forgive by the way not forgiving is the hardest one right like because you didn't even do anything wrong in the first place but i'm gonna hang it over your head because you did something wrong to me but like not forgiving is just i mean it's a problem like like But Christ became a man so he could die, like live this perfect, like obey in ways that we never could and then take punishment for our sins because he never deserved punishment. But the crucifixion he received, the cross he hung on was punishment for my sins and your sins and the sins of the guy next to you and the sins of the big jerk who really screwed up your life recently or the guy who's been sort of ticking you off for years. You know that guy? Um, Christ died for those folks. Christ came, and, as a merciful high servant our high priest um, as a servant, like like fully God and fully man, died for our sins, so that we could be saved. Um, Christmas is God stepping out of eternity into now to save us, or back then actually it was anyway. Um, Hebrews 4:15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our, with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So Christ, in Christ, we have a high priest who has stepped into the world and has has taken on punishment for the sins we've committed, but he was tempted in all these things. And so not only do we have a God who sent a sin to die for us, but we also have a God who sees things the way we see them, right? You ever feel like that? Nobody understands what I'm going through. You ever sit in front of your, your work at your desk or in front of the, the piece of equipment you're trying to fix or in front of your kids who just will not get it through the thick skulls And you think nobody in the world gets what I'm going through. Like Christ gets it. Like God himself gets it. When we worry, when we're tempted, when we're stressed, when we're angry, when we're hurt, when we're broken. Like especially when we're tempted, which is a hard one. Christ gets it. And so we can always go back to Christ and like like look to him and seek redemption. If you're seeking redemption, if you're seeking like happiness, if you're seeking like anything... Um, and you're not going to Christ first, you are lost, right? Like, you will not find it there, not that you're lost. lost. Like, you will never find happiness in places that aren't Jesus. Those pretty boxes under the tree, right? You know, the ones that you're still thinking about? Like, if you're still me, I mean, I'm a little kid. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm, I like Christmas because I kind of like presents. Um, and we think about them. Oh, my gosh, I wonder what? I wonder what? I wonder what? Um, but none of those things will make us happy. You know, our, our, I love my wife very much, and my wife makes me happy in many ways. But, like, I'm happy in Christ, and I, I can be truly happy because of Christ. And my wife lands under that umbrella of Christ in my life. My kids land under the umbrella of Christ in my life. Um, y'all, I love y'all. Being here in Montana and serving this community makes me happy, happier than I've been in many years. But it's under Christ. And if Christ wasn't a part of that, it would be a fleeting happiness, Right? Um, we're way off on a rabbit trail there. Um, and being found, this is back to, back to Hebrew, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Um, Christ in human form brought himself so low. He brought himself so Far down he was obedient to the father so completely that he suffered like like agony and literally god abandoned him like the father separated him um, on the cross and and christ died the death of a sinner alone like like broken and 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 god poured all of his wrath literally like everything i've ever done everything daniel's ever done everything terry's ever done you know everything everything ross has ever done like like all of that stuff that god's fury for all of that poured it out on christ on the cross and so like when christ leaves glory he doesn't just leave glory he leaves glory for like maximum security prison and the the electric chair right because he deserved it no because you did because i did It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? What a great line, right? Like, perfect song. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, But you still picked it to be hard. Um, And this obedience to death on a cross, like, like, was for you. Um, This is Christ talking uh, in John 12. This This is right up on the end. And he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, and he was so afraid that he sweat blood, like the capillaries in his skin burst. And he bled from his sweat. Um, he was so afraid of what was coming. And praying to God, he says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. So Christ, that little baby Jesus, right? Like, oh, I only like to think about the little baby Jesus, not the adult Jesus, not the Jesus on the cross. I only like to think about that Jesus. So dear little baby Jesus, you know, like, like Talladega Nights tells us, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was a step in a process. That little baby Jesus showed up to die for you. For you. All you have to do, all you have to do is believe, confess, and follow. And you are saved. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be holy enough, perfect enough, wonderful enough, handsome enough, rich enough. You know, do enough penance, serve enough poor people. None of that. You are saved By having faith in Christ. Because you couldn't possibly earn it. It is a gift. It is a gift. Um, Deuteronomy actually describes the... This is kind of the the root of this. This is in the Old Testament. If someone is guilty of a capital offense... um, is put to death and their body is exposed on a pole, meaning hung on a tree, uh, you must not leave the body hanging on the pole overnight. Be sure to bury it the same day because anyone who is hung on a pole is under God's curse. Hear that again. Anyone who is hung on a pole is under God's curse, meaning anybody who is hung from the cross, anyone who is nailed to the cross, anyone who is, is, is crucified, Um, is under God's curse. And this is all, like, you read that and it's like, wow, anybody who was punished back then, it's not about those people. This is about Jesus, who was under God's curse for you. Um, For that very reason, under God's curse to save you. Christmas is wonderful. I love Christmas songs. I love Christmas cookies way too much. I, I, I love everything about it, but I love the candy especially, much better than Easter candy. But the thing that makes it amazing is that. And when we lose sight of it, when we lose sight of the fact that, like, All of this is about Christ dying for me. All of this is about Christ dying for you. All of this is about our salvation. Like we lose sight of the most important thing in all of history, in all of creation, in all of everything. And when we say this is more important to me than Christ, this is more important to me than the salvation I receive in him, we lose sight of the most important thing in life, the most important thing that will ever be in life. Oh, did I just? I literally, yeah, no. uh, (laughs) Last verses. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth under, and, and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, what uh, Paul ends with here is, is huge. Because like I've been talking about Good Friday, really, right? Easter isn't Jesus being crucified Good Friday is that. Easter is Christ rising from the dead. And the gift that we receive in that is that in all of the promises, in all of the things that Christ has done for us, we can back up and look and say, when I take my last breath, it'll be the last one before the first one, right? When I finally leave this earth, it is not the end, right? As uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think, maybe said it best, um, when he was in a concentration camp, and he was, he was about to be executed for preaching the gospel in Nazi Germany, and he um, stepped to the gallows, and he said, this, for me, this is the end, but it is only the beginning. Like, we celebrate Christmas because Good Friday happened, and we're forgiven. And then Easter happened, and we see Christ rise from the dead as the very first, first, first one who would rise from the dead. Not the last, mind you, the first. And so every one of us will rise again and stand before him. Every one of us will rise again in eternity and stand before God and we'll either go to, go to be with him or we'll go somewhere else and that won't be so good. Um, but like, like every one of us will rise again and that is the proof that this will happen. Like Christ's resurrection proves that, that this isn't all there is. Man, what better gift could there be, right? Because I swear to you, I'm going to give my kids exactly what they want for Christmas, they're going to celebrate and sing and be happy. My daughter just smiled much bigger when I said that. Um, but in a year, most of that stuff won't be played with anymore and a lot of it'll be broken, right? This is a forever thing. I love my wife, but one of us is going to die first, right? And then the other one's going to die. Our marriage is not a forever thing. Like, we'll be in eternity together forever, and I think our marriage will impact that. But, like, everything that I love, everything that's wonderful is aiming toward that. Like, all of life is aiming toward that. You were made to live with God in eternity. Right? And every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess, and everyone will be there. And you'll either bow to them now and then or then, and it'll be a rough follow-up. Like, but... Easter, Good Friday, this is what Christmas is about. They're actually the gift that we get on Christmas. Isn't that crazy? Like, we get salvation, we get hope, we get future, we get eternity. And, and we don't have to earn it. Every religion in the world, apart from Christianity, um, preaches, work hard enough, climb the mountain, you'll find God at the top. We follow a God who stepped down off the mountain for Christmas, Right? became one of us and saved us. Merry Christmas, folks. What better is there? I'm going to close in prayer my challenge for you this week. And I don't have Christmas ornaments this year because our sermon format this year makes it almost impossible to buy them um, because I don't have enough time to think about it um, or make them because my wife doesn't have enough time to make them. Um, But I, I, I want to leave you with a challenge and leave you with a bit of encouragement. As you walk out the door, understand that Christmas is wonderful, But like we are celebrating that God came for you, that you are loved, loved, loved so deeply, so, so big, so awesome that you can never outrun it. Um, As Paul said in Romans, I think this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ died for us when we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. like, like, when I was wicked, when I was broken, when I was lost, when I was getting drunk every day, when I was nasty to everyone around me, when I stole from people, when I did all of this awful, wicked stuff, Christ knew I was going to do all that, and he still died for me. Oh, wow. He did it for you. Like, every day, every Christmas song you hear on the radio, every gift you see, every bit of eggnog, it ain't eggnog, it ain't gifts, it ain't a Christmas song. This is Christ coming to save you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I praise you for Christ. I praise you for Christmas. I praise you that you are willing to step into this world and and become one of us, empty yourself of glory, become humble, become a slave, Lord, to carry my sin, to save me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I I... I can never, ever understand how big that is. And, and I know I'll never even get it into perspective until I stand before the throne in heaven. Um, and Lord God, I praise you that I'll have the opportunity because your son died for me. Not because I'm great, not because I'm good, not because I'm better than the next guy, but because he, because he loved me that much. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.